Today is November 1st, first of the month, the day we pay tribute to one of the greatest brands out of Cleveland, Bone Thugs in Harmony. Cue the music if we got it. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Oh, get up, get up, get up. Oh, God, we sound like that one terrible... Uh, <laughs> I sound good. I don't know if that if you sound good. I, I don't think I think good. I have some harmony. We sounded like, oh, man, what is that old, like, 70s... That barroom freaking yeah. wife and, like, that Vegas barroom uh, couple that play, like, in the smoky lounge. Oh, my God, why can't I think of it? Dude, it's going to come to me. All right. Anyway, hit that shit. Let's go. Let's get this started. All right. Well, today we're talking about the NFL trade deadline. Derrick Rose is back in the NBA news. We're going to talk about Thursday night football. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers post World Series. And we're going to give you an NBA Eastern Western conference update. Sure. That sounds like good stuff to me. Hey, but in our world right now, I'm proud to say it. The Sandy Nice Pirates are back into the CIF playoffs. Division 7, Southern Section playoffs we're traveling down to west covina to play northview high school yeah they, what's their mascot uh they are the vikings oh that's right i've seen them in wrestling and yeah i remember that just they're one of those outside teams but yeah they got a good squad it's east la right mm, close to it's more like azusa monrovia duarte area okay it's right. like west uh Burbank, not Burbank. Um, God, wait, Fullerton. Dude, I'm excited just because it's my first taste of L.A. football. High school. You know, high school football. I've, you know, coming from where I come from in the San Jose area, don't get me wrong, there's other areas of football I've seen. You know, I've never seen a live game from a L.A. high school where it's, it's a, a breeding ground for college athletes. Yeah. You know, a lot of these kids, you, you see them. They're all coming out of L.A. And I just I'm I'm excited to see our boys compete against them. Yeah, um, it's mad. It's a it's a tough matchup. Uh, they got some guys. They they got some speed on the outside. They got a couple of receivers who um, who can run fast and catch catch well. I mean, there's a there's a couple. They're literally the uh, one's a sophomore, one's a junior. They're brothers. They're brothers. Fast. I want to say Thompson or something like that. They're fast, not real big, but they can catch the rock. The quarterback does a good job. They play some decent defense. A um, little bit different style of football than what we're used to. Yeah, um, we're more of a punchy in the mouth kind of team. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, you know show them what, how we play football. Yeah, it's a little bit different north of Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's uh, real exciting too because it's been five years since we've been in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you know there's been a lot of teams from in between that. Got you know, snubbed. Got snubbed, and, you know, this team's representing, and they, I think they understand, you know, the what they represent, the importance, the people they played with before who didn't get to play, who want, you know. Yeah, last year's seniors were a combined 23-7 and seven in their, for their varsity record with zero playoff appearances. Right, it's just, it, but, it, I, you know, I'm still excited with the new league making, and it was a wild card. It was a, a, a at-large bid. Yeah. Uh, that we had a good time. Oh, just just finding out. So, you know, again, Sean and I worked the graveyard shift, and we found out Sunday morning after our last game against San Marcos, you know, I get off work at 8 o'clock in the morning. I pick up the wife and kid, and we go down to our buddy Tony's house. His wife made a nice little breakfast spread, meet him, put it all out oh, there. Oh, yeah, she made some great Abel skewers. Yeah, Abel skewers on point. Some bacon, mimosas. You know, we're there with our head coach, our offensive coordinator, you know, and we're just hitting refresh. And trying to find out, and the CIF website's a little, little dated. Oh uh, yeah, it's very user unfriendly. Yeah, so we're we're waiting, and then we're waiting for nine o'clock to happen. And right on the hour, you know, Coach McClurg and Foyer was on his phones, and Sean's like, "I got it," and it was silence in the room because the last three years, it, it was, was oh. and Sean lets out a big Ric Flair, woo, and all of a sudden, chest know, bumps were flying, handshakes. Powdered sugar, evil screws <clears throat> flying through the air, and that's when the real work began. Because oh, instantly, you know, from that point on, at eleven o'clock, the matchups are released, and after the matchups are released, you contact the coach of the team you're playing, and you do the huddle exchange, which is three films, four, four films. You get four films, 
And that's when you go to work because you got to watch all the films because you've never seen this team. You got to find out what they do, their their system, yeah. their players. Well, you know, and, and we do. You guys have done a great job. Every, you know, game planning, scheming every week, and but you guys do it five days in advance. You know, oh yeah. We might be playing a game one week, but on Thursday you've already watching. You're preparing for the next week. Oh you got yeah, work to do. It's almost ready by the weekend. So you he you know you and Coach McClurg and the offensive coordinators did four days of work in half a day. In half a day. You yeah. Know? Not to mention uh, Tony. Uh, Tony smoked up a good brisket. <laughs> it, it was he. <laughs> It was in you know in celebration or in agony agony that we were going to eat some good meat and it's how we've always done it on, yeah. at the end of the season. It was either we were going to game plan and eat good or we were going to get shit face drunk and eat really good. Well, he started smoking that thing at midnight or three o'clock in the morning. Something midnight. crazy, yeah. Midnight. The so night that thing before. was smoking for a good while. It was really good brisket though. Too. Yeah, I made those sandwiches. A solid twelve and a half hour smoke. Is there a way our listeners could listen to it? Or watch it streaming. I'm yeah, sure they can. You know, we'll try to. Well, let's post it on our. You know, we've been gone, guys. We've been gone. I know we haven't. We didn't do an episode last week, but it was. We needed a little break. We were working hard. Yeah, we're caught up in the playoff push and and all that. And you know, I've been doing some side work. I know uh, you're laying floors. Yeah, I'm helping a buddy out. You know, who are you working for? Uh, Ty Snow, Snow Custom Flooring. Hey, you need those floors done. In the in the San Ynez Valley, Santa Barbara County. Yeah, Ty Ty will travel. He does good work. You could get your own podcast star laying floor in your <laughs> kitchen or living room, or just watching Ty do all the work. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll act like I'm doing something. I'll pick up the papers and sweep and vacuum. Yeah, but um, we'll we'll see. If we could, we'll find out a uh, source to watch it live or listen to it. Yeah, as and guys, we just want support for our pirates. Yeah, give us a, give the boys some love. You know, first round, this team don't even know who we are. And we want to shock the world and, you know, make a playoff push. Yeah, um, it's going to be a tough game. We, we got to play our best brand of football. Um, I think I think we can do some things offensively against them. Defensively, we play physical. We play fast like we can. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in our defensive abilities to defend the pass and get a little bit of a pass rush going. Uh, from what I've noticed with this team is they are fast. Their their passing game isn't really intermediate. They like to hit the deep ball, kind of like yeah, when we played. Runs. Yeah, kind of like when we played Santa Barbara. But I haven't seen them go up against like the the type of corners that we have. We have long, fast corners. I mean, physical. Yeah, we're I gonna mean, press you, push you out of bounds. We got we got a six two and a six four corner that run four fives. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Yeah, super excited for them. Again, hey, get your black and orange on tomorrow night. If you're far away or close, make it to the game. West Covina has got a complex. They host three home teams, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a nice looking facility. It's yeah. it's within the last 10, 15 years, I think it's been opened. Yeah, it's so cool. so the, even the visiting team has a team room, a locker room. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna get there early enough that you know it's gonna be kind of like a, a college game, cool experience for our kids. Exactly, exactly. And I couldn't be more proud of our guys. Um, they, they earned it. The seniors, the three year, the three year varsity guys that have been through the past eight and two seasons, the past two years and come up short in the playoff run, um, hats off to them for sticking with it and grinding it out, winning games that we needed to win. Yep. All right, dude. Well, you know, pirate pride, let's go. Hopefully everyone's paying attention and watching. Uh, but let's get into the show with our starting lineup, Sean. I'm going out on a limb here today, more so than I normally do. Um, I'm making a prediction. Oh, you got your crystal ball out? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd call it a prediction, per se, simply because of, you know, I, I'm not really calling anything. I, I'm I'm just backing the moves of this guy. I'm saying, I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, it it always does when you talk about this team and the leadership on this team. Lit. John Gruden. Starting lineup. Is my starter. <laughs> he Old is, Chucky, huh? Old Chucky. Bringing out the visor. He is ruffling a lot of Raider fans' feathers. Oh, man. Getting rid of Khalil Mack, trading away Amari Cooper. But what he's doing 
He's acquiring draft picks. He's Jimmy Johnson or Jim no, Johnson. He's Bill Belichicking right now. He's got three first round draft picks next year with a second that'll probably be pretty close to the end, the end of the first. You know, the very beginning of the second round, and then I think they have two more firsts the year after. So the future for the Raiders could be pretty bright. You know, getting rid of a lot of salary. And opening up some space to get rookies in, get those high-priced um, free agents. Well, you know, for me, like, and again, th- if I had my ruffles feathered, but I don't care because I'm not a Raider fan, but how many head coaches these days, you know, because what he's doing, he's rebuilding. He's taking a rebuilding year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the saying for a lot of coaches in the NFL, but like, hey, there's no, no rebuilding years. They're going, we could be competitive now. We want to get the Super Bowl. He's going. He's taking it back. He's yeah. taking a rebuilding year. I, I I think he understands that the Raiders weren't really in contention with what they had. I mean, yeah, Camille, Khalil Khalil Mack, Khalil is a loss. It, it, it's a big loss. He's a great player. He's a premier pass rusher. But okay, here's my question to you: uh, with the whole rebuilding year, does he get rid of Carr? I he, don't. I don't. I don't feel like he's loving the the, the situation. I don't think Carr's the guy. Right. You know, I mean, his numbers are very pedestrian. He just he doesn't seem to get it done because I think their O line is decent compared to other O lines. The, the compared to previous O lines from the Raiders teams, yeah, he's got a great offensive line, right? But you know, you know, Marshawn's out, and he's at the tail end. He's in the twilight years of his career, which you know, I'm surprised he came back this year. Um, so you know, they've got vacancy at running back. Their receivers are garbage. They got a good tight end. Jared Cook's solid at tight end. So you you like him more for his GM moves than his head coaching moves. Yeah, I I think you know, looking at his pool of talent, I think he's making a, a cognizant decision about what the future holds. You know, moving to a new city in another year. I know and a that half. Vegas move is going to be tough. So I've... you know, it's like he needs. He needs to get some rookies in there. He needs to be. He needs to get younger. They need to get faster, and they need some more dynamic players. Yep. Well, but uh, I, and you know what's funny? How you're saying they need to get faster? That's one thing old Al Davis used to do. He used to get speed. Well, he drafted the fastest guy well, in the draft, and who was just a terrible football player. You know, DHB, Darius Hayward Bay, fast, albeit that, that terrible receiver. Never, yeah. Well, he he did. He said he said a career. Don't oh, get me away wrong. From, yeah, you know, but he wasn't he wasn't a top ten pick. I mean, no. it's like, are you kidding me? You could have got this guy in the fourth. You should have drafted a punter, right? I mean, <laughs> another Raider move. <laughs> hey, they've had some great kickers over the years. Oh yeah, Seabass is still kicking. Oh yeah, dude's a beast. All right, but, Johnny yeah. Gruden. Hey, put your crystal ball. If you were going to be uh, a medium or a uh, someone who could tell the future. Would you be more like Cleo, the Jamaican lady? <laughs> Would you be the Rhode Island medium? Or you Long mean Island? Long Island? I, Long, I know you guys are a fan. Yeah, I've seen her twice live. All right. What kind of style or like if you could tell that if you were a palm reader per type person, what would be your theme? Well, you, I, I would just be you. I'd be me because if I was Miss Cleo, I'd get busted for being a fraud. I would. I loved Miss Cleo's whole thing. That was my favorite. Just so she got popped, and she doesn't you know, have an accent. No, <laughs> I loved him. Total, total fraud. Um, Teresa Caputo. She she's got a very good stage presence about her. You know, my wife loves it. I've seen her live twice. Going to go a third time because she's coming back. Three, again. four days at the at the. She's coming back three shows in the beginning of January at the casino, and we'll be attending at least one. All right. Yep, Long Island medium. Right. I, I think you'd be the same same as large. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not a large. I'm a I'm wearing three X's, guys. Yeah, I need to cut down on my shirt sizes. <laughs> All right. Anyways, who's in your starting lineup, Paulo? All right. So Thursday night happened. And my Niners played against the Raiders. And it was going to be kind of a scrubby game. It was, you know, bottom of the barrel game. Two of your worst teams. Yeah, was it, in what, prime time. Not excited. Not too many people were excited with the Thursday night games. And, you know, I've ripped Thursday night. But my Niners were up. Third quarterback, Nick Mullins, didn't expect anything. And the kid went off. 150, I mean, 151.9 passer rating. He threw, 20, what was it, 16 for 22 passes. Uh, 262 yards and three tubs. You know, don't get me wrong. There was a couple. Did you see Kittle's catch? 
No. One-handed catch, broke a 70-yarder. Put I, do, I did start him against Eddie in fantasy. Well, though. Josh started him against me, too. So. Of course he did. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, that's like for uh, a rookie starter, first or, for, you know, quarterback starting his first games, that's like career numbers. He's like one of three people to ever throw touchdowns in their first two drives, to score three touchdowns in their first games. You know, he's one of the best starters of all time. You know, first gamers. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Do, do I see it happening consistently throughout the season? No. But to come out Thursday night and throw those kinds of numbers up and repping the San Francisco 49ers with that gold helmet, I couldn't be prouder. Am well, I going to am I going to get a jersey t-shirt? No. <laughs> jersey t-shirt. But hey, he he hyped up Thursday night for me. Nick Mullins, you're starting for me. Well, you you need a, you need all the uh Support you can get for the oh Niners because they're, they're dog shit. On Did a you good see day. our third running back break his arm? Yeah, I mean after he busted a long touchdown, like a fifty-yard touchdown run, he goes and snaps his arm like a Z. Oh I mean, my god! It looked like Theismann's leg. Oh, talk about that stuff. You know what? I at least didn't notice it. I was watching it with my wife. When you see the other players around the play just start waving at the trainer, mm-hmm. both sides of the ball, even the guy because he made a. Uh, he just tripped him. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a big hit or anything, but they went for it on third and short, like third and one, and he missed it, and he kind of dove do forward, land on his hand, it snaps like a Z, and you hear the, ah! It makes you cringe. This, oh, man. I'm like, at least he's fucked up. He's hurt. And she's like, what? I'm like, he's hurt. They go instantly to the commercial. Yeah. And it's like, then they warn you, what we're about to show you is kind of graphic. Yeah, graphic. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Because there's, you know, you always feel from. And I was like, I don't know what it is. Because they, they, I, I thought it was going to be like his knee because he tripped him. And I thought maybe like the leg did like a Lattimore. Mm-hmm. What was that, North Carolina State? When he, his knee freaking flew around in the air. Was it Lattimore? Marcus? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Gamecock, right? Yeah. Oh, gnarly injury. Which time? The first or the second times. one? Oh, but when it windmilled. You know, yeah, that one was bad. That's what I thought it was. But to just see him land and... Ooh. You need to drink that in, sure. Get some more calcium into those bones. Something, because that was bad. Oh, some gnarly injuries. What was that? There's been a couple bad injuries. I just hate watching. I well, the Theismann one is The Theismann is the worst. It's always bad. Always bad. There's one from UCLA like 12, 15 years ago. Opening kickoff of the season. Guys run down the sideline, gets tripped up, starts stumbling. His leg like dislocates, and it starts windmilling around. Oh, it was They got bad. good doctors at UCLA, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's about the only thing that kid had That's going. That's a good positive. That. Yeah, no, I. Oh, you know which one always gets to me too, and it was the Niners versus Seahawks when Navarro Bowman's knee got knocked out of place. Oh yeah. Oh, that's just a gnarly one. Anyways, <laughs> well, the, let's talk. Just talk about Thursday night football. You know, that was just it was a good game. Not good, really uh, for the uh, for the Niners. It was a highlight show. Uh, I wouldn't call it a highlight game. I'd call it a very a blowout. Well, yeah. I mean, it was two shitty teams and one slightly better than the other. I know. I mean, no. I bet you the ratings were so piss poor outside of California. Nobody gave a shit no about one that game. game. Nobody watched that no game. No one watched it. I mean, Anyways. I didn't even watch it. It was so bad. <laughs> so bad. The stands were so fucking empty. It reminded me of my senior year versus a Tascadero at home. You could hear our parents talking in the stands. How bad? Oh, it was Well, most shit. of the time, too, like, they canceled the preseason Niner Raider game because, you know, the violence that would happen in the stands. I don't think there was any of that. You know, most... There'd have to be fans in the stands yeah. to have violence. It was kind of depressing. Anyways, Nick Mullins, you're my starter. John Gruden, you made it, too. Two guys on Thursday night. Congratulations. Let's talk about shit in the bed on a Sunday. Who do you got, Sean? Um, I think we're I think we're gonna collaborate on I, this one. One big brown shit. Yeah. And when I say brown, I mean the Cleveland Browns. Oh, you know, your prediction of what was it, four wins? I think it yeah. I said I think, four. I think you said I four. I went from wins. six to, to four. I think that's uh coming to fruition, you know, closer closer by the day. Baker's only got one win since he's been starting, and that was against the Jets. But they've been close. I mean, I mean they're the, not playing bad, but I the moves that they're making, the we you know we mentioned the Carlos Hyde move, which you know Nick I, Chubb is, he's a solid rookie. I, I didn't I didn't think getting rid of Hyde 
with the product. I mean, the dude was scoring a touchdown at least every week. Yeah. And, you know, it, it all start it all stems with the coaching. And the Browns finally did themselves solid and got rid of Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's three year record or four year record with is like one. three thirty six and one or two. But why Todd Haley? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. Is he I, I, I think know he's guilty like, by association. Yeah, I know he's not the most positive guy. You know, he's hard on his guys and he, he expects a lot out of them. But he's a primetime offensive coordinator. I don't know if I'd call him primetime. I mean, the name's big. Right. But, you know. When he, when he was in Pittsburgh, but he, he, I think he knew his role there. Well, yeah, you know, you have Mike Tomlin and then there's everybody else. Well, and, and well, you had the defense coordinator there for a while, too. Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau is right under him. Yeah. Todd Haley, don't talk to him like that. And, you know, Big Ben didn't really get along with Todd Haley. Well, that's why he went to Arizona, too, right? Was that right after? I think so. Uh, yeah, I, it just, Todd Haley's not one of the, he's not really a player's coach. He's just kind of a dick. Yeah. And I would imagine it'd be kind of tough to play for a guy like that. Well, even their, well, the their new head coach, the defensive coordinator. Um, Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Yeah. He's kind of, he's a tough guy, but he's a player's guy. Yeah. He builds relationships. You know, and that's probably the difference between a lot of coaches. You could be a tough guy, but you could still love your players and appreciate it. I don't think Todd Haley had that in him. I, yeah, I don't think he had the rapport with his players. I don't, think they'd, I don't think he's the type of coach that players go to bat for. You know, like Greg Williams, he's an asshole. He'll, he'll motherfuck you in front of everybody. And, but, you Somehow know, he pulls the best out of you. Yeah, and then, and then he'll buddy-buddy you afterwards. And you think he's going to be able to keep the head coaching job after his interim run, after this year? Or do I you doubt think it. That, I know He's it. not a head coach guy. No, he he's a coordinator, and I think he understands the fact that he's a coordinator. I mean, his defenses are typically pretty good. Now, him being the head coach and being a defensive guy, what are they? You know, it hurts their offense. You know, don't get me wrong, defense wins championships, but if they're not producing any points, and yeah, with a new OC, you know, do you keep running the same offense? It's hard. You, it's you, hard to switch midseason. I mean, you know, they're in week week ten, week nine. Yeah. And, you know, throwing a wrench in the game this late in the season, it's like, shit, whole fucking season down the drain. Yeah. You know, it's a different type of rebuilding they're doing. When you're doing front off, you know, well, not front office, but, you know, coaching changes. Yeah. I mean, but I'm I'm just surprised they brought Hugh Jackson back at the beginning of the season. He should have been cut two years ago. Oh, I mean, he seems like a good enough guy and a decent coach, but for that organization, he's not the guy. You know, he was kind of the poster child. He's... I don't know how he gets. He he's, go. he's a subpar Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is a great regular season coach, but as soon as they get into the playoffs, they get fucking beat first round. Yeah, you know they'll win their division and then shit the bed first round. Yeah, every so year. Cleveland Browns. I don't know. I've never. I'm going to say it again. I've never ripped on a town or a team this hard in my life, but it's pretty shitty right now. Oh, they're so bad. Oh, Cleveland. Just, they can't. They can't find the way to win. They're in games, and then they just shit, they shit themselves and lose it. And they already had their Monday night, Thursday night games, right? They're already, yeah, I think their primetime games are over. So they're Gotta just hope gonna, so. They just evaporate. <laughs> Stupid. That's it. It's over with the Browns, huh? Yeah, they're, they're done, though. All right. Well, that's our shit to bed Sunday. Collaborative move. One big dump. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, another news in the NFL. Earlier this week, we had the NFL trade deadline. You know, there's some last-minute moves with the, I called it the wide receiver carousel. Sure. What, what else did you call it? <laughs> what did I say? Receiver. Retriever. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, uh, well, I see how you try to make that work. Yeah, it can work a little bit. But a lot of receivers got moved around. Big you names, know. big names. Absolutely. Amari Cooper moving to the Cowboys. Uh, I think that's a good move, you know, Um According to the experts, out of the three trades we'll talk about, uh, according to the es- experts, they said that was the best one. Um, and what did the Cowboys give up? Was that a first round or a second round? No, the they, they gave up a second round, I think. A second and a third. Right. Um, Amari Cooper to the Cowboys, that, that gives them that solid number one slash two. Yeah, that's got another guy. Is Amari a solid number one guy? I doubt it. You know, but he's enough to be a solid possession guy and stretch the field a little bit. They just, they need to utilize his skill set. Well, like the Raiders, they try to use him as as the deep threat guy, and I don't think that's what he is. I think he's that 
mid-range route runner possession guy. I mean, he can he can get you eight to ten grabs a game and a hundred plus yards. It's just he's not that deep threat like home run hitter. Yeah, and I don't know if you know. Don't get me wrong. I think he he could be a, a lot more productive with the Cowboys than he was the last two years with the Raiders. Well, you know, he he's got the benefit of of having a solid run game. You know, the Cowboys will pound the ball with Zeke, pound the ball with Zeke, and, you know, some play action would be great with him. Got um, a decent slot receiver to go underneath. And pick yeah, up some. you know, they got Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, uh, they rookie Gallup. You know, they got some. They got a few pieces on the ride receiving core, but, you know, adding Amar, he's definitely going to help the younger guys, you know, that third and fourth option type play by, you know, absorbing some of the defenders. So the Cowboys went out and made themselves a good move. You know, they gave up kind of a lot for it, but I think in the long run, it's going to help. Right. Another receiver that got moved around, Golden Tate from Detroit to Philadelphia, the Super Bowl champs. You know, Carson's got another dude to throw to. You know, I think Detroit should have given him up. I thought Detroit, like, who's Detroit getting? You uh, know, it's I, not, I thought Detroit lost with that. That's you what know, I'm saying. Golden Tate, Golden Tate was the guy. I mean, he was a solid you know, 10 to 14 targeted game receiver. You know, he he's not that deep threat guy, but he's the guy that takes those short to mid-range he's passes. He's going to catch some hard passes. He's going to get gonna, some yak. Yeah, and he's going to break some runs. Um, he goes to the Eagles. Um, Nelson Aguilar has been kind of disappointing this year. Mike Wallace, their uh, off-season pickup. Well, and they threw to the tight end. Well, Ertz... Ertz is going to see a majority of the targets, and that's a given because he's a beast. Then you got the new tight end, Dallas Goddard, the rookie out of uh, North Dakota State. I want to say that's where he's from, or South Dakota, one of the Dakotas. Um, So they got the two good tight ends, and adding Tate in the slot will really help, you know, stretch the field a little more, take some pressure off the tight ends in the underneath game. And I I think his production will go down because he's not going to see as many targets. The ball's going to be spread around, but... Hopefully it leads to wins and a more productive offense. Yeah, I mean... Because with Jay Ajayi gone, they don't have a running back. They don't have... Yeah, they, they've got a couple of guys. They're just not dynamic. You know, it's yeah. like Corey, Corey Clement is okay, but he, he's not Jay Ajayi. No. So, you know, hopefully they help, you know... Maybe he'll help him out too in the playoffs. You know, just having that extra guy. He's competitive. Well, shit, they got to he, get. He's definitely a heart guy. They got to get to the playoffs first. Right, they're hurting right there. Right I mean, close. shit. I think the Redskins are atop of that division. Yeah, and that's bad. Well, that's why the Cowboys and the Eagles are making moves. Yeah, you know, two. Well, the Giants ain't doing nothing. Yeah, the Giants aren't doing shit. They should have shit canned Eli and moved on. But I guess their backup quarterback got arrested for something, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and it's like if you can actually name. The Giants backup quarterback, that's like five bonus points. Because there you go. Nobody knows who he fucking is. All right. Houston picked up a number receiver in uh, Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Um, interesting move. Uh, they were, they'd been talking about moving Demarius out of Denver for a while. Um, with and he the, wanted out, right? I think so. With the emergence of Emmanuel Sanders and them drafting the rookie Cortland Sutton, excuse me. Um, you know, his, his production has definitely taken a hit. But Houston's receiving core looks decent now. Well. Don't get me wrong. You got, you got D-Hop, who is, I think, phenomenal. He's a top three guy. Yeah. Um, you know, you put him on the other side of D-Hop with Will Fuller going out with the ACL injury. You know, it's like he's good. He always starts off strong, but the dude can't stay healthy. Bringing in Demarius, you know, you got a bigger target. He's going to be that possession guy. Whereas, you know, Hopkins is that deep threat. Fuller was that deep threat. You know, it's it'll help with the tight ends out. It'll help the running backs out. I also think you keep Watson keeping his eyes downfield than, like, running the ball. Yeah. You know, if he could if he could sit back a little bit longer and, and focus on throwing it, they don't want him running. Yeah, I, I, think, Demarius, I think Demarius is in a better situation for himself. Um, he's getting an upgrade at quarterback. You know, Deshaun, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's a solid quarterback. There was a good ball, you know, mobile, young. Um, nothing against Case Keenum, but I, I think he's got his eyes on Emmanuel. That that and he's not as dynamic as a of a quarterback as as uh, Watson is. No. So you know that will in turn help um, Demarius produce more. I think. Yeah. So good for him. I think he's you know it's a win for him, and I think it's good for Houston right now. They need they need to fill a spot. And they did it. What did Denver get from? Uh, I think they got like a third. 
So or most of all these receiver trades are for picks. Yeah, they just picked up draft. There was picks. no no trades. Yeah. Um, Ty Montgomery, Green Bay to Baltimore. Well, when uh, you, <laughs> that this is a funny story to me. Well, yeah, it's like he brought the the kickoff out of the end zone when I I'm pretty sure he was instructed he was instructed to take the knee, and he brought it out. Didn't he fumble? He fumbled and lost the game. Yeah, he basically cost him the game against an awesome team, the Rams. Yeah, it's a it's, you, you know give him a, their, give him a loss. And, you know, just being, I don't know if it's selfish or not paying attention, but he talked shit after. He, he wanted out, you know, it, it, he was the guy for the past couple of years, kind of hybriding between receiver and running back, doing what was best for the team. And I think he felt a little betrayed with, you know, the, how the running game situation was. He was getting minimal touches and, you know, not really involved in anything. And... I think he was kind of looking for at that way out. Yeah, he might. You know, I think he's got a little bit of an ego, and you got to. But you know, you ruffle the wrong feathers. You know, head coach, GM, or whatever it is, or maybe you're not that much of a team guy. You know. Well, I I, Do you I think can't he needs, say is, that. Is he, is he a premier back? No, he's not a premier back. But and I think he's a better offense. He's a better wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he went to running back for the team, so it's kind of hard for me to knock him on not being a team guy. When he switched positions to help the team, I know it's funny seeing an '80s number. Yeah, right. Running back, and now he goes. Now he goes to the Ravens, where it's Alex Collins and Buck Allen ahead of him. And so he's like, where does he fit in in that mold? I mean, John Harbaugh came out and said, um, you know, he could he could play this. He's probably going to play this week. Uh, he's going to scavenge a few touches here and there. So I, I really don't see the upside for. For him personally, being on that squad, um, you know, the Ravens are playing some good ball. You know, they'll probably make the playoffs, whereas the Packers are going to be that kind of on-the-cusp team to get in. You know, they haven't made their late-season push like they normally do yet. Um, the The Packers really just haven't found their rhythm. They'll look great one game, and then they'll shit their bed the next game. So it's it's yeah. one of those things, you know. Just rely on Aaron's arm too much, it feels like. Well, it's it's one of those lateral moves for a player. It you know, really everyone, does, yeah. doesn't help him much, but it, it's not like career-ending going there. Does it end drama in the Green Bay locker room? I, I think if if there was an issue, they've the Packers have addressed that issue and moved away. Yeah. Um, another move. Guess who picked up another guy on on their D-line? The Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, pick up Dante Fowler, the former Florida Gator. Um, that's a big move for them. I think they stole him from the Jaguars. Um, the dude's a good three-tech pass rusher just to go along with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. What a crazy line. You know, it's like the rich get richer, and that's a great, for, for me, that's a great move for the Rams. You know, you, you always need depth at that D-line especially in the passing the passing league they play in now. It's like you got to put pressure on the quarterback. You know what's crazy for me is how Jacksonville's defense was the number one defense in a lot of fantasies in the summertime, you know, and you're seeing they are just not as productive as I thought they would be. Well, you know, that, that goes to being on the field too much. You know, their offense can't score. Bortles has looked bad. The receiving. Can we court. talk about Bortles' hairline? <laughs> how oh bad is it? Oh, my gosh. He must be stressed out. I thought I was going bald. That young man is losing it. He looks worse than LeBron. Whew, that's bad. And it's bad, man. He took off. I was like, Blake, you need to put that helmet back on. <laughs> I thought you were living the life, you know? Been in Florida your whole life, chilling out by the beach. Nothing to stress out about. He even plays not very, like, stress. He plays stress-free football. He's just having, he's out there having fun. He makes mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that hair is going fast. To me, it doesn't look like he's having fun. It looks like he's getting the shit kicked out of him, making shitty throws, and having no help. Leonard Fournette's been hurt with a hamstring all year. Um, glad I didn't pick him up in fantasy. You know, it's it's just their offense is just so blah. You know, just it's it's crap. It's straight shit. Yeah. Um, they got some decent guys on the outside, as in the receiving core. They got Moncrief, uh, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Keelan Cole's done nothing since like week two. Um, tight ends are decent. I think it's Severian Jenkins. Um, they just they can't get anything going. You know, Borders turns the ball over. It, it's just bad. They're, yeah, they're not the nope, team last year. They, yeah, no, last year was one of those long shots. But hey, out of the five guys we picked, who do you think is the winner? The winner of that group. Oh man, 
Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Amari Cooper. Amari, the player, not the team. The cow, not the Cowboys, just Amari. Go, it's the best thing for him. I think it's the best thing for him. All right. He, he's going he's gonna to benefit from a good run game, and it will help his production. I'm going to say for my loser is the Detroit Lions. I think they're hurting the most losing Golden Tate. Yeah, I mean, that, that moves Kenny Galladay up to, like, number, number two from a number three and, you know, puts a lot more pressure on Marvin Jones. I mean, Marvin Jones is good, but I think he's a number two guy. Losing a guy like Golden Tate really shifts the focus to you, and I don't, I don't know if he's the guy. Yeah. All right, well, that's enough of the wide receiver carousel <laughs> 2018 trend deadline all right um something funny happened not funny but it well i'm gonna say it's funny great game by derrick rose and the minnesota timberwolves two nights ago he put up 50 you know and he had a game winner and then he starts crying and it's emotional and everyone's super proud of him and that's great the team's bonding after the crazy issues they had with uh carl thompson jamarsis <laughs> Jim Marsis. I don't know. I'm just making up names. Carl Towns and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Right. You know, scored 50 and then he just starts crying. And I'm like, what's he crying about? I think you he... were the MVP in 2014. You're expected to do this. Now, don't get me wrong. Are you crying because you made it through a game without getting hurt? Yeah, right. I mean, the dude, the dude is notorious for missing at least half the season you know, every year. I think that's what he was crying about. I was like, I did it, you know. <laughs> But did he score 50 points last 50. year at all? Like <laughs> the, collectively? Collectively, exactly. I don't know. But, you know, it was just funny to me. I didn't, I didn't expect that. To, like, hey, 50 points, good game. He starts crying. And the reporter lady at the end of the game is like, hey, you put up 50. He's like, you know, just working so hard, bro. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're really getting emotional. Derek Rose, you are one of the highest paid players by Adidas. Overpaid players? Yeah. Oh, dude, his Adidas contract is... Top two, top three. He is huge in Adidas. And they don't even make a custom shoe for him anymore. But he's still getting paid. Good for him. Oh, my goodness. Right? I don't know how many teams he's been on the last four years. Who cares? Enough. Just. Nobody cares about it. I thought it would be funny to talk about it for a little bit. It was. You know. I think we had more fun talking about it before we recorded. I had a lot of juice on him. I think we wasted it Uh, off camera. All right. Well, let's let's talk about another waste to me. Los Angeles Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I'm After not the gonna, World Series. They they blew it. I'm not gonna lie. I think I called that. I'm pretty sure I called that. Everyone called it. Boston was just a better team. Everyone called four and uh, five and one. How many? All the all the experts? four and one. You know they won in they won in five. You knew the Dodgers would steal one. Right. Uh, and it was probably going to be at home. It went 19, 18 innings. It went eighteen innings, but it was game game two, game two in Boston, I think. Yeah, I think it was game two. Um, or was it game three? It was game three. It was in L.A. It was in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Uh, they still lost. Um, not that game, but they lost the series. Dodgers, the Dodgers are so predictable. Everybody's going to point the finger at Dave Roberts for the managing. Um, you can't fault the guy. He He plays, he manages the game by the book. And to his credit, you know, it got him there. He took a mediocre team back-to-back years and an underperforming team this year to the World Series. And, and in this day and age, that's hard to do. Super hard. The, the Astros, who were supposed to do it, couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, they ran, in, they ran into a better Boston team. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm comparing? I've talked to all our friends, and I compare the Dodgers to the Buffalo Bills of the late 80s. Right? I'm like, hey, you might make it to the show. But, and, you know, I was at the barbershop, too. I'm, like, talking to some kids. Like, do you even know who Jim Kelly is? My dude went to the Super Bowl four times. Didn't win it once. Yeah. No one knows. Dodgers, you're going to make it to the World Series a couple times and blow it at the end. Just They just weren't good enough, you know, and it, it, it's as simple as that. You know, you can, you can blame the manager for the moves he made. Some of his pitching changes were questionable, like yeah. taking Pedro Baez out and going with them. He, he played the matchups, you know. He, he was by the analytics, by the book. And in the long run, it cost him. You know, he didn't... He, I think if he would have went a little more with his gut and stuck with the hot hand, uh, I think some things might have w- ended a little differently. It might have extended the series, but I still don't think it was enough to win. 
Um, but yeah, I guess the most controversial thing he did was his pitching rotations, right? Yeah. And then Kershaw, I guess, just went belly up again. Well, you know, it's it's standard Clayton Kershaw. You know, he's great in the regular season and great uh, in like the first round. But the big the big dance is is always a struggle for him. And Boston's just been a powerhouse. Oh, ba- Boston's been killing everybody. And you know, from I think I called it about midway through the season, nobody I said nobody was going to beat them, mm-hmm. and I was right. <laughs> um, but you know, props to the Dodgers for making it two years in a row. Um, granted, the uh, the NL is surprisingly weak, and you know they had to get through the Braves and the Brewers made it a lot farther than anybody thought. And I it's said, a they, story. I like the Brewers this year. They're and fun I, to watch. I, I I think I called them somewhere in the beginning of the season too. They were playing great ball, mm-hmm. probably overperforming with a bunch of you know low low end players and no name guys that. Just got the job done. You know, they played well as a team, played some small ball, and, you know, their pitching staff was not that good. But, again, overperforming and playing well and, you know, giving run support to the starting pitchers was huge for them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in our last – so this will be our last episode – our last edition of Manny Wood. Oh, Manny. He helped him get there. You know, man – Did he talk some shit, too, at the end? Did he get a little bit of – Oh, I don't know. I mean, he probably, everybody talks about, you know, always, if you're not a Dodger fan, if he's not on your team, everybody talks shit about Manny. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't as productive as a Dodger as he was an Oriole. No, um, but you, you got you to gotta give it to the dude. I like the way he plays the game. He plays the game hard. He's, he's kind of a throwback. He's going to get dirty. He's going to step on you. He's going to slide hard. And yeah. I'm okay with that, you know? Everybody's so fucking soft these days when it comes to playing baseball the right way. You ask any old timer or anybody that actually played the game prior to 2010, you know, it's like everybody loves the way he plays. The dude runs hard. He slides hard. He's great in the field. He's got a great, he's got a great bat. Exactly. He's got a cannon. You know, he went from third base to shortstop. He's playing the hardest position on the field. And he's doing it well, you know. Mm-hmm. They they lost they lost their their guy early in the season, um, and it's it's like you know they didn't really miss a beat when they picked him. He's up. my favorite Dodger. I'm just gonna say it. Does that pain you to say because you're a Giants fan? Um, uh, no, I like Latin American baseball players. Well, that that means I'm like ninety percent. <laughs> yeah, no, just he's our first baseball player segment, Manny Wood. He's a friend of the show now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he listens. Maybe we'll get him on someday. And the only thing, you know, he's got to do something with the hair. Yeah, his his hairstyles are definitely questionable. You know, I, don't get me wrong. Take chances. You know, but his chances are just failing. So, Manny, get a haircut. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, do the Dodgers re-sign him? He's a one-year. He was a one-year deal, right? Uh, I think they just uh, they just got him for the – I think it's like more of a rental. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he comes back. I think he's on layaway. Yeah, but pretty, pretty much. I mean – where does he go from here? Does he stay in L.A.? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the, one of the big topics for the offseason. Like with the winter meetings, it's like, where is he going to go? And it's like, um, what's his name? Bryce Harper. It's kind of the next big question. Is he going to stay in Washington? I doubt it. He's a big name, big money. Yeah, he, he's going to end he up. He's going to be on a good team. He's going to end up, in my opinion, one of three places. He's going to end up a Dodger. A Yankee? A Yankee, and my dark horse is the Houston Astros. Ooh, you know what I thought you were going to say? I think he might be a Chicago Cub. They were talking about I heard that. About I know they were making some. I just don't think they have the payroll. You know, the the, the Cubs have a lot of big contracts. I know. And they, I, they won that one series, and then they started paying people. And I, I don't think they That's ha- not the way baseball works. When you win a World Series, you unload your roster. Yeah. Don't you? It, it's, it's hard. It's hard to maintain. It's hard to keep everybody happy and keep them paid. You know, Bryce is going to be upwards of $250 million, and that's what it's going to cost to keep him. Uh, he's probably looking for that 8- to 10-year deal. And he's, looking for, he's potentially going to be the highest paid baseball player of all time when he gets his contract. Yeah, the, the, I, it, it's going to be close. You know, is it going to be on the level of... A-Rod? Well, yeah. Uh, it, he's definitely going to see A-Rod money. Um, but, God, who else? Like, you know, Trout. In my opinion, the highest paid baseball player should be Mike Trout. He should be. But, you know, Trout's that guy. He ain't going anywhere. 
I don't know. Not before it's too late. If he's smart, he gets out of Anaheim. But Anaheim shit can Mike Sosha finally after like two decades of one World Series and 19 years of mediocre play. Uh, they hired Brad Osmus, another catcher. You know, he was the former skipper of the Detroit Tigers this year. I want to say it was this year. Um, I think it's a decent move for them. But again, they need pitching. The bats are fine. They just need pitching. And hey, let's see where he goes. Mm-hmm. How soon does he make that? Do these moves happen? Um, ba- baseball won't start up till like December, end of December. Yeah, but it's big money. It might happen sooner. Than no, think. no, they'll wait till winter meetings. All right. Well, so hey, baseball's over. Thank God. Guess what? We have to we get to pay attention to some basketball now. Oh, I know it's already started worse. for a couple of games. You think so? Oh, I love hoops. Yeah, you know, basketball is not good until Christmas Day. <laughs> Nobody cares about basketball Come up on. until Christmas hey. Day. Come Unless on. you're a Laker fan and you want to watch LeBron. Or we're Warrior fans. I mean, what, they're going to have four losses by the time Christmas comes around? Dude, do we see? Let's give it up to Clay Thompson. Breaking a three-point record. 14 threes in a game. Gets jacked in the head, starts bleeding, throws on a headband. Yeah, look, trying to give him his best LeBron impression. Uh... I'll give it an AI impression. He, let's talk. LeBron was copying someone else. He's not the first headband wearer. No. Okay. I, I, I don't. You know. Hey, let's talk about headbands, compression gear, sleeves. There, I say, sleeves.com, HMW40. Get forty percent off. Arm sleeves, headbands, compression pants. They got mouthpieces. But your kids going to play some YMCA basketball, some AAU basketball. Maybe it's winter sports time. What else we got? We got wrestling. Yeah, they wear spandex. They wear right? spandex. Oh, yeah. You, anything. You know, you want to cover up that ringworm? <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleeves.com. But get some cream for it first. Get the Yeah, exactly. I'm not a doctor, guys. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I am a doctor. Who knows? <laughs> Fuck Star Trek. <laughs> hey. I was thinking Ace Ventura, but that's okay. <laughs> you dropped the... Didn't you... Who said... Uh, Laces out. I did. Finkel. I yeah, did. I practiced. That was that fun. was good. I hate it when we got these sports movie lines, and it's completely wasted on today's irrelevant to, to to these kids. Oh yeah. You know, I dropped what I dropped. Uh, little giants. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Crickets. Yeah. Total crickets. Yeah, but NBA is on, and we're gonna give an update now. Which we conference are we talking about first? The best oh, coast. All right. So this is this or is the I'm, least I'm, coast. This is a quiz. No one really knows. You know, you could guess. I'm going to just go top four. Okay. Right now, I got the standings on my phone. Hit me with the top four teams in the West. Top four teams in the West. All right. So it's going to be Golden State. At number one. Uh, it's going to be Houston. <clears throat> Ooh. Out of the top four. Sean, I'm going to give you a stat right now. Houston's not even in the top eight. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. So Golden State. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans is at the eighth speed. It's the eighth spot. Oh wow! Shit, I'm fucking way off base. Yeah. Utah. Seven. Oh wow! It's getting better. It's getting better. Let's see who else plays. Yeah, Utah's four and three. Um, I'm going to give you the sixth seed because they're four and two. Is Memphis? Memphis. All right. Fuck. Is San Antonio in the San top? Antonio is number four still with, with nobody. No Kawhi. No Kawhi, you know. Right now they're standing at five and two. Okay. Um, so I got one and four with no Houston. And both LA teams are out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Phoenix is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston's not even in the top. Number eight. three at a six and two record right now is the Portland Trailblazers. Really? Six and two. They got a dangerous backcourt. I'm telling you, they had an off year last year. Yeah. They got uh, Lillard and what's the other dude's name? Uh, who knows? Yeah. But Portland's at the number two spot is the one is Nuggets. <laughs> you never get it. I'd never guess it. Right? Yeah. They're standing at seven and one, one loss, playing good hoops. So that's the Western Conference. I can tell you who's leading the Eastern Conference. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let's... Let's talk about the LA teams at three and five, the Los Angeles Lakers. OKC is three and four, and the Clippers are four and four. 
surprising. Yeah. So. I mean, not surprising to me for but the But Houston Thunder. is one in five. And their only win is over the Lakers. That's it. After, I guess, Rondo spitting in Harden's face that was didn't great. really pump him up. <laughs> nope. He didn't He didn't get to go shoot free throws after that foul. Oh. Um, yeah, Western Conference kind of shit in the bed right now. Oh, uh, well, I, again, toughest conference we know. It. Oh, yeah. You know, New Orleans, Utah, Memphis is tough. I think the surprise in the whole top eight, obviously, it's Denver, but Sacramento at number five. Really? Sacktown. Relevant, huh? Yeah, it's like, Bring, okay. Bringing it back. Yeah, and they're at a solid six wins compared to the, you know, don't get me wrong, everyone's at eight, seven games, but pretty solid. It's a long season, though. Yeah. They'll find a way to fuck it up. All right, so you, you said you know the Eastern Conference. Well, I know the number one team in the Eastern Conference. All right, who is it? Milwaukee Bucks. Correct. Fucking tied for first. Oh, it, is Boston seven and one negative? Two? Let's see. Well, it'd have to be the Sixers then. Nope, not the Sixers. Who made the biggest move in the Eastern Conference this offseason? Um, they're they, not in the United States. Oh team. yeah, Toronto. Toronto's at seven and one. Well, yeah, you know, they're always they're great. They're great regular season. New basketball. head coach. Yeah, Kawhi. Dude, they're balling. Yep. Um. You caught number three. You mentioned the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you know, and Kyrie's looking good. Team's looking. You know, they they got they get their Barons going. Hard team to beat. Exactly. But uh, my my biggest news for the Eastern Conference is this is this is what I wanted to say. This is the only thing I wanted to say about the Eastern Conference. Tyron Lue finally got fucking fired. <laughs> How funny was that shit? It's my like, wife was like. The- who feels bad for Tyron? Oh Lue? my God! Nobody. He just got stepped over like AI by the, <laughs> again by the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's oh. like, dude, you had the benefit of having LeBron James run your team for like five years. You didn't do shit. I'm sorry. Uh, you went to th- two final, three finals. Uh, you won a lot of games. One ring. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Fucking LeBron leaves your shit again. Kevin Love is mysteriously hurt again. Doesn't want to play. I mean, would you want to stay there with no LeBron? Fuck no, I'm not staying there. Yeah. You were the assistant coach then. Yeah. You got Tristan Thompson collecting $75 million when he ain't worth shit. Yeah. You know? He's making more money, making appearances on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Probably. You know? It's just, fuck, that that team. Yard sale. Yard sale. If, if you're going to sell low, sell that shit now. Yeah. Uh, well, let's keep on going to the Eastern Conference. And we got the Pacers, five and three. They're at the number four seed. Phillies at six. Charlotte, seven. Miami at eight. And then the rest of the conference. Oh, yeah, everyone else sucks. Yeah, who cares about the Eastern Conference? They're not going to fucking win anything. Half anyways. the conference it has only two wins. Yeah. It's about right. You know, everybody talks about, oh, Boston, Philadelphia, all that. You know, they're good. Boston yeah. and Philadelphia are good. Once they figure it out, they'll be tough. They'll they'll walk through the Eastern Eastern Conference playoffs. One of them will lose, make it to the championship game, and get fucking routed so by whatever West. Definitely team. not Toronto making it this year. Um, I, I I I think Boston will beat them. Boston's too deep, too good. Boston or Philly? Yeah, I I still think Philly's a year away. Pacers I mean, lost to I. I don't know if they're going to have it. I mean, I don't think that. I don't think Oladipo can carry the Pacers. You know, they're solid. They play scrappy. I just I just don't think they don't have enough. They're not deep enough to compete with with Boston. I want to see what uh, Blake Griffin could do with Detroit. You know, he's I I think he's you know becoming part of the team. He had a pretty good game earlier this week. You know, he's still playing some real impressive basketball because I didn't think he was going to be able to you know be the leader of a team, and he's. I'm I'm pretty impressed with what he's doing over there in Detroit. Well, you know, he, he had that that I'm ability. Not a Blake fan. I'm not a Blake I'm, fan. I'm not a huge Blake fan because his game to me hasn't really evolved like I thought it was. You know, he was kind of that flash in the pants kind of guy coming out of Oklahoma, big big time dunker. Oh well, yeah, Bob City was fun to watch. Oh, it was fun. I mean, but he is shooting the ball. He's you know, and that was driving the, guys down. That was always the, the that was always the part of his game that was disappointing. His 10 to 15 intermediate jump shot game. He didn't have it. And it's like, dude, you're not big enough to bang low, but you can dunk on people. And then what else, what else is your, what's, what's your next move? If you can't dunk on them, what are you going to do? 
It's like he'd throw up bricks. And it's like, dude, work that mid-level jump shot and try and be relevant in the offense. And, you know, I think him separating himself from Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan was, was, I don't think he did it by choice. It wasn't by choice, but I think in the long run, it could benefit him some more to grow as a basketball yeah, player. I was talking at the barbershop too, and people were talking about, oh, the Clippers. I was like, if you really look at that lineup, that is a solid lineup. They, they had a team. Uh, Chris Paul, DeAndre. Jamal Crawford. Crawford's a stud. You know, and Blake's in it. Yeah. It, there's, there's no excuses. They, and they, don't get me wrong, they got close a couple of years. They just, they couldn't hang if with anything, the big the dogs. Point was the head coach. Yeah. You know, playing his kid, doing all that kind of, I'm just saying, Clippers. Yep. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, we did lose um, a big baseball player. San Francisco Giants lost Willie McCovey. Oh, we do have some scotch to talk about. But I want to give my respects to one of the greatest giants, Sean. Okay, McCovey Cove. Got his whole Cove named after him. One of the greatest G-men out there. Rest in peace, brother. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw up a moment of silence for uh, Willie McCovey. All right, so now we got some scotch to drink. <laughs> um, so hey, Halloween last night, you know, taking my little kid, dressed up as Maui. Yeah. You got it down. 19 months, 20 months. He, you know, didn't say trick or treat, but he was like, hey, people are giving me things every door I go to, you know. It's and more culturally appropriate to dress up like Moana than it is Maui. How, how do you pull one and not the other? Right. He's got tattoos? <laughs> if you're not Polynesian or Hawaiian how? or Pacific Islander, you can't dress up as Maui. But the good thing is, is Lincoln's a Kiwi. Yeah, he is. Well, <laughs> so that's what I said. Oh, he's... He's part Polynesian. He's not Polynesian. He's just from an island where Polynesian people come from, I guess. But people, you know, what's my the funny one I heard too is like people were telling white kids not to dress up as Black Panther. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that, that's ridiculous. He's a superhero. Yeah, you know, that's ridiculous. So, anyways, he's going around, and you know. Like it's been happening. Don't get me wrong. Do we have a huge amount of listeners? No, but we have a solid core of listeners in our valley. Who we appreciate greatly. Oh, my gosh. So we, I go up to Billy's house, right? And Billy's like, hey, love your whiskey time. Why don't you try this whiskey we got? And he walks me into his house. You know, I, I tell the wife, hey. Yeah, we lost you I'm for de- about 10 minutes. I'm dealing with a fan here. <laughs> <laughs> I got a listener on the line, right? <laughs> Billy walks me into the house, you know, good looking house. He's like, hey, man, got to check out my man cave. And he's a Vikings fan. Dude, the man cave was legit. If I was... I've heard it's on point. It's on point. The couches, the TVs, the, the, you know, the paraphernalia. He's got tons of cool signatures. The helmets on the wall. Big, big um, screen. The big nice wet bar. The wet bar. And so he walks me over to the bar. He goes, try this out. Him being a Vikings fan, he hands me a bottle of Highland Park, 12-year-old, Viking Honor single malt scotch whiskey from the Highland Park Distillery. All right. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, we're bourbon guys. So we're venturing off here. Yeah, we went a little off the reservation. You know, he's a, he's a fan. I'm going to give him a chance. He says, hey, try this. I said, no problem. I'll try it all. Whiskey, bourbon, scotch. You know? Not, not my thing. But I try new things. Yeah. You know? Hey, I go to my favorite restaurant. Do I order... Number 14 every time? I do. You know, sometimes I, I veer off. Oh, you have a special? Yeah, I'll try that. No problem. So today, we gave this guy, you know, now looking at the bottle. Oh, dude, the, the craftsmanship, you know, it's got the nice, like, Nordic Celtic artwork. I don't know if it's not engraved, but it's a very fancy bottle. Yeah. Uh, we, we're talking about 43% alcohol, you know, nothing too crazy. Smells great. We smelt it, you know, while trick or treating. A nice little caramel tone. We gave it. We gave it a how are ya? How are ya? Oh, it was perfect. You know, Scotch whiskey though is not what we've been drinking with the bourbon compared. And I'm sure you know now we're. I'm noticing these differences. But Scotch traditionally has been one of the tougher ones for me growing up as a kid. Yeah, I, I, Scotch to me, I just it's it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I can't get down with the Scotch. So, you know, and we got, it was a little cold. 
And I was like, hey, Sean, this is what I do when it's cold. Take a swig of this stuff. And don't get me wrong, it'll put some hair on your chest. You know? I mean, initially, initially it's not bad. It just, it doesn't finish great. I'm going to give it another sip while we're talking about it. Okay. Um, it smells good. You know, you waft it a little bit. It's got, it's, it's got the aromatics. It just, to me, the finish. Definitely going to need an ice cube. Going to, you know. It's something you, it's, it's not a neat one to me. No. It's definitely got to be on the rocks. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it, it. But if you were, like, if you're Nordic, you know, give it a shot. You know, like I said, it's cool. It's not horrible. It's I mean, not horrible. Is it my favorite? No. Am I going to sit here and bash it? No. Um, would I go out and buy it? Probably not. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't tell somebody who asked about it, you know. Is it cool in the collection? Definitely. That's what I would say, yes. I wanted the collection. It's a 12-year-old, you know. Single malt scotch. Um, would, I go, would I go out of my way to get it? Probably not. But I wouldn't deter somebody else from I, trying it. I'm stoked that I tried it. You know, it's something in the Rolodex of things. I know about it now. Exactly. It's, I want to be a know-it-all. I know a little bit more. Yeah. I just want to throw a big out shout-out to Billy. Thank you. We appreciate your uh, recommendation. Skull. 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 And uh, skull to all our fans out there. Thanks for keep on listening to us. We missed you. I hope you missed us. Um, but that's it for us today. Yeah, good show, Paulo. Missed you, buddy. Yeah. Hey, Pirate Pride, CIF, tomorrow. Let's take it to Northview. Hit the music. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle.